everyone, I'm Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. And this is Just Ride, a new cycling podcast from Red Bull. Let's go. What do you think? I think it's always possible. Records, I think they were always made to be broken. <laughs> Please, Rob, oh I'm trying to be professional here. <laughs> you know? I'm going to shout for a minute. And everybody was like, so exciting, sick, can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. British World Cup winner, Bruni. <laughs> oh, my God, how disrespectful. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the penultimate Just Ride for 2023. My name is Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. Rob, we're back in the same room again. How do you feel? That's where it all started, isn't it? At the start it's of the true. year. Yeah. London studio. You've flown in like the rock star you are overnight. And what here we are. You, yeah, yeah. They haven't got you to LA yet. But, <laughs> I'm quite uh... disappointed. <laughs> Have you seen the weather outside, man? What's it doing in LA at the moment? It's 30 degrees. Feels amazing. Palm trees are blowing yeah. gently in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Warm tropical air. Bluebird sky, beach. <sighs> yep. Well, yep. what have you been up to? Building an ark for the UK weather. <laughs> what have I been out to? I've had, since the World Cup ended, I've been busy. I, I actually went and uh, hosted the Getson hard enduro last weekend mm. for Red Bull, the last round of the FA. That's a big win. That's um, like Billy Bold. Matty, Manny Lembickler. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Loved it. Yeah. I loved it start to finish. I come from motorbikes, I come uh-huh. from motorcycle trials, and that's kind of a genre that's very close to that. And to see what those guys yeah. do. On those bikes. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I loved it, mate. Uh, did you have a favorite moment? I enjoyed all of it, actually. My favorite moment, they put in a joker lane. where which Sure. Okay, a, so it's like a... A what, really difficult l- section. They have to do once yeah, in okay. that hour and a half. And on lap one, Manny Lehm Mickler fired into it, and, and Billy Bolt went with him, right? The two big rivals, the biggest rivals in the sport. And... They took it in turns trying to get up this last hill and they, neither of them could get out of it. And then, and the crowd were all expecting it and I was thinking, this is not good. It's like the first 10 minutes, they're both stuck. And then Manny got halfway up and then he walk, gets off his bike and this massive roar from the crowd as he walks back down to help Billy Bolt. No, and then him and actually. Billy push Billy Bolt's bike out and then they walk down and another round of applause as they help. Yeah, then they get Manny's bike. Really? So to see this teamwork at the start against no all odds, yeah. yeah, blew my mind. I videoed the whole thing. I Wait, did they right end there. up one and two at the end? They did. Really? Yeah, they no went way. on then and, and they raced throughout the whole race. And wow. Billy led most of it. And then at the end, he made a mistake. It was just epic. Oh, that race. is super, super cool. And, uh, you've been putting your, I've been working. You've been putting your feet up as usual, right? Yeah. Putting my feet up, you know, just, uh, Took a little trip Vacay. out to the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> so American. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just in old Florida. Me and me and uh, Lucas Shaw, Waka Shaw, a couple of our friends. We've been doing this kind of like end of the season trip. I hope it keeps going. I hope it just gets bigger and bigger. I get an invite. Uh, yeah, next year. <laughs> yeah, you said that last year. So, <laughs> last year we went to uh, Redbud for the Motocross of oh, Nations, amazing. and that was a treat. Cool. It like was that. super, super cool. No, um, no, not many fans in the world rival those. That's like a uh, Leger or something for motocross. That is actually, <laughs> you 
That was a bucket list. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. I went such there once. A bucket list thing. Yeah, man. Do so you have any? We were talking about this before. Like before we get started, I would love to hear yours because I want to go to. We were talking about this. I want to go to a college football game, like Alabama versus somebody. You yeah. know, like I want to go to a NASCAR. I need to go a NASCAR. I want no, to go I watch to them all like, on the telly. I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. I want to go. Um, I haven't been to a to a MotoGP race. It would be cool. Um, Formula One race. We need to go to that. We should go to a Formula. Yeah. I feel like Red Bull. Red Bull. Can you? Uh, where you at? Red Bull ring. <laughs> Tickets available. You uh, you got us. Um, but yeah, what's your? Do you have a bucket list like event? A bucket list event. Oh man, TT races. So what's a TT race? The Taurus Trophy on the Isle of Man, where they laugh oh, on public yeah, roads sure. over. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that would be insane. And I can't believe Isle I couldn't man. think of that. But that is the that is the thing I need yeah, to see. They say insane. that you can't actually believe your eyes. Yeah. So I need to go to the TT races. Parachute jump. I won't be doing that. Yeah, the Indy do that. 500. Yeah, that's like but a, a NASCAR l- race is next on the list. That would be better. For some reason, I put that I want to cycle across the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I need to see the Northern Lights in Iceland. Yeah. I need to go to the Silly Isles. Don't know where they are. And I want to ride Route 66 on a Harley. <laughs> so nothing. Uh... I almost, I almost had the Northern Lights ticked off, but they happened the day before I flew into Iceland. Never. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Luck. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. So you haven't seen them either. Nah, but I'm going to Sweden, so maybe... It's October, it's November, you might be lucky. Spring and autumn are the best times. I think you're going to see him this week. I'm confident. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm going to see him. So tick that one I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Were they on there? Were they on my bucket list? They were. You Can you just, video it and then no, at least no, no, tick no, that no, one No, off. no, you can't. No, it doesn't okay. work like that. All right. Okay, so before we get started, as ever, we have a couple of comments. We love hearing from everyone. Diego Vasquez... He said, um, he actually gave us a great idea. He said he would love to hear a BMX racer on the pod. Um, wow. Since we're looking at cycling from all angles. So uh, watch this space, Diego. We, uh, we might have somebody coming up for you. Yeah, there's a, there's a big name been, uh, been flying around. around. Yeah, that's yep, right. Yep, it's yep, yep. South American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and I love this comment from MonkeyDog43 on Spotify. Uh, Spotify, he simply said, New favorite podcast, Warner. Thank you, mate. No, thank you for not mentioning Warner, earlier. Awesome. Warner, Warner, Warner. New, new, big, new biggest fan. <laughs> okay, so let's get on to the show. So, um, Rob, who do we have today? Wow. Who do we have today? How do I even start? Yeah. There's a man who has a PhD in mountain bike and a man who is a professor of the okay. sport. One of the, definitely one of the cleverest and definitely... In the modern era, the most, I would say the most successful downhill racer. Mm. Three times a World Cup winner, eight World Cup wins to his name. But the big one is the fact that in the modern era, he has five World Championships in elite since 2015. He's the French, one of the, he is the fastest French. (laughs) He is Louis Bruni. This is going to be a treat for us. A fellow downhill racer. We cannot wait. Always a good chat. Let's get straight into it. Look, Bruni, welcome to Just Ride. It's great to have you. Where where are you at in the world today? Today I'm in France at my parents' house, being visiting the family a little bit, so having a good time here. It's always good to come back, actually, in my real home, so it is good. 
south of uh, south of France feels good. So I, since all of us are downhillers, downhill mountain bikers, oh. I I uh, I have this idea because I never know how to explain downhill. So I want to go around, and I want to have all of us say what we say when somebody's like, "What do you do?" And I never know what to say. So. Loic, do you want to go first? Like, yeah. Look, what is downhill mountain biking? Tell me about it. Pitch it to me. He's well, qualified. <laughs> yeah, it depends what kind of uh, discussion I'm having, but the simple version will be, you know, downhill skiing, the same shit, but in summer and in the trees. <laughs> okay. And on the bike. Perfect. Okay. Okay, Rob, what's yours? What's yours? I would say it is basically a time trial from the top of a mountain to the bottom of one. Okay. Okay. Mine, mine is pretty much the same, but I guess I go more in depth. I'm like, yeah, it's like downhill skiing, um, but in the trees, it's it's one man or one woman on on a course at a time. Fastest person down the hill wins. Um, yeah, man, mine's like the worst. Or you could just say it's literally the greatest sport on earth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was gonna say all of our explanations suck. We need to come up yeah, with something right, better. So, like, how did you, what drew you to downhill in the first place? And and I guess, yeah, give me a little bit longer explanation about it as you, as you kind of talk through it. All right. So, I'll start over, make it a bit more precise. My beloved sport that is uh, today <laughs> my job consists in going from the top of a mountain to the bottom of it, like Rob said, with a really technological advanced machine called a downhill bike who has a lot of travel <laughs> okay both suspensions are pretty big it almost looked like a motorcycle but without an engine and a lot of obstacles are on the track and everybody has a really similar level and everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses but at the end of the day we all make it through rock gardens big bumps, fast and technical sections slower ones big jumps smaller ones too and everybody is within seconds and you have to be the fastest of that that pack of, of wolves let's say <laughs> and to do so you have to train all year round test a lot of new things on the bike like formula one does almost like tires suspensions brakes geometries flex of the yeah. frames a lot of things come into into this and uh, at the end of the day it's one of the coolest spots to watch because a lot of things happen there's a lot of great personalities in the sport, good stories, and it's pretty pretty cool to see that in beautiful spots in, around the world. That was the best ever. That, that was amazing. Holy cow. Ah, what magnifique, Louis. This guy's like a world champion or something. That was <laughs> yeah. the sport. It's like he's won a couple. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Loic. You were talking about training. I feel like one of the things that people say a bunch is like, well, you're going down a hill. must be pretty easy. Why is it physically difficult? Yeah, well, there is going down the hill and racing down the hill. Going down <laughs> one is quite mellow, I would say. If you go your own pace, it's still pretty traumatizing because there's a lot of rocks and hits. But when you want to go the fastest you can, you have so many things coming into play as power, explosiveness, uh, like core work and just like pushing, creating speed, hitting bumps and uh, big holes as hard as you can. And you, all of that takes a lot of physical strength. And it's an effort that's so intense that 
it goes, it builds up straight away after the first 10 seconds, you're already like below 10% of oxygenations of your muscles. So it's like a really hard uh, threshold. And you have to hold that staying focused and staying pitch perfect, which is making it actually pretty hard. So Rob, Rob, this is what it feels like to be an athlete, actually. (laughs) Yeah. uh, he doesn't. He's not talking about the same sport I did. What are you on about? Huh? What's What's the biggest component for success, then, Bruni? Is it mental strength, physical strength, or is it the equipment you use? Which is the biggest factor out of those three that, or another, that sees you win? Mm, there's another one that I will bring into this once, which is the surroundings, which I think bring balance to people. And I've been really lucky in my life to be surrounded from day one by the the best guys I think that I could uh, could have met. You mean you mean people around you? Not, yeah, yeah. You mean the, the the crew, the team, the people you put in place around you? Yeah, exactly. The people that travel with you, test with you, and are behind you at the races and support you. Um, it's really easy to find people that believe in you for one year or two, and then just give up on you as soon as it gets hard or you're a little bit disappointing or whatever. But I've been uh, lucky enough to meet. Uh, the same crew since my first years. I'm still with them now and I really enjoy that but the biggest aspect to the sport I think nowadays especially is uh, mental because we all have good bikes we all have a little bit more or less uh, advantages on the technology on the bikes like I know I'm one of them who has the best innovation suspensions frame like, I'm really lucky you with got, that, too. you got more buttons on your handlebars <laughs> yeah. than mine. I've got, I've got things that people, like, ask me every day about, you know, like, and um, and that's one really cool part of me, but without my mental mindset and uh, not, like, strength, but the way I approach things, I feel like you cannot do anything. You, you can give the best bike to anyone, if he doesn't have the the mental aspect that will drive him and will make him believe that he can do it and things like this, it will never happen. Because sometimes I've won on shitty setups, not the best bike. I didn't feel good, but I was convinced that I could do it. And I was, huh. I had the fire in me, you know, that was, mm-hmm. it was not going to be possible to lose it, you know? So I would just like make it happen. And I feel like, for example, Finn, which is someone you know really well, my teammate, when he won his first World Cup last year in Canada, he was in the same vibe. Like I could not see yeah. him fail at winning that race. It was Is Dubai. that right for you? You you didn't think you'd beat him in Mont Saint Anne at the end of last year. No, is that right? For you sure. You knew it at the, in the start. You had that feeling. We should we should set this up a little bit because you're like you said you've had the same team for a little while now, and your teammate Finn Isles like kind of has has come up with you and I think he's probably watched uh, watched you a lot like your mental strength because that's something you you've um he's a bit younger than you as well right right hey, Loic. yeah he's five bit, years yeah. younger and, and so when you see somebody like that when you see Finn like you were saying at Mount St. Anne at the end of the season like what is it about him what did you see it's really interesting to see because in that scenario I was hurt so I was not racing but so I would oh, would be on the side of the track. <laughs> yeah, that's why he won. That's why he won. I was racing. <laughs> right, we've got to the bottom of it. Yeah, right. I knew he couldn't lose. I knew he couldn't lose. <laughs> Please, Rob, I'm trying to be professional here. 
you know? <laughs> I'm going to shut up for a minute. Um, so, yeah, I was watching from the side. I saw him ride at practice and stuff, and he, his bike didn't look good. Like, to be honest, I wasn't impressed by his setup or anything. But when I was talking to him, when I would see him in the pit, he was acting and stuff. He was so confident that when he raced, he was the last man down the hill. I, I knew I was with his parents and they were so stressed out. I was like, guys, it'll be okay. Like, well, don't worry. No, what? Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, and he won, like not not a big gap or anything, but he won it. And I was like, I couldn't have, like I could have bet a million on it, you know, and it, and it actually yeah. delivered. So you, that was the mental thing. You know, it's funny is we were talking, so like we commentated that run and we were talking about this too like it felt like he could do no wrong yeah. like everything was perfect you know we we kind of like followed we did a little red bull piece on him and we followed him to the house he just looked chill all all week and i don't know like rob for you when you see riders from the outside like when you watch loic like what is it about him at like a world championship that sets him apart his success and you know knowing he's done it five times so we know that you Luik you are the man for the big day like you talk about mental strength then in my opinion the fact well you've almost said it yourself the fact that you are five times a world champion in the modern age which is much many more than anyone else has mm-hmm. done right in in in, this, in that relative short space of time since 2015 like it doesn't come down to the bike it doesn't come down to your physique it comes down it comes down to your mental strength on that day and the fact that somehow, like somehow in that start hut or in the lead up to that race, you know, like you say, there's a belief there, right? I mean, that that's the difference. I don't know quite how it manifests itself. I don't see you riding any better in practice, but I know come finals yeah. that you probably will win that race. And if you don't, then... I don't know. It's not because ever, it's the, 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 you, I don't know. You know, something's obviously gone wrong on its run. But yeah. you normally start as favourite to me. Uh, you do at a world championship, of course you do. What is it about those world championships? Yeah, like talk to us about the world championships. Because you got five of them, man. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. You're only two off. You're <laughs> yeah. only two off. I hate to say it, the greatest French racer of all time, which I know you respect, Nico Vuglio, who had seven elite titles and three junior, right? And he actually comes from just up the road from you as well. Yeah. Weird. yeah. Yeah, yeah, massive respects to Nico. And like we said just before, he did it at another time. It was the early days of the sport, but it's still like amazing what he did. It was different. Um, To me, World Championship. Let me just say, Bruni. What? I I would say that, sorry, but the earlier part of the sport, there was more advantages to be had by being fit and by having good equipment. So the differences Mm. were there and he took all advantage of all of those correctly. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you actually because you come from a different era. Uh, Once upon a time, you know, like uh, (laughs) a long time ago. (laughs) And and it was different at the time, like what, 20 years ago, even to 25, it was different. So things have changed and I feel like because everything has been more pro and stuff, like it all comes like more tight. And then the last little piece that makes a difference is the the strength in the head. And um, like, for example, you were probably like strong in your head, but you also had other uh, characteristics that made you weak in the body. (laughs) Yeah. I was weak in the head, weak (laughs) in the body. I was weak. Yeah, I was really, 
You're still good I didn't have the fortitude for downhill racing, if I'm honest. Like, I enjoyed it when it was going well and I was building up, 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 up. But once once I'd reached the top, if you like, which I was only there for a blink of an eye, not like you. But, you know, I was kind of over it, actually, and then really battled to stay motivated once I'd done it, if I'm honest. That's how it was for me. Tell us about world championships. What is what is it about world championships? Because what is it? what do you think about yourself at world championships? And then... Talk to me about like what you're feeling on the starting line. Like, take us through a bit of a day at a world championship for for Loic Bruni. Um, well, for me, world championships have always been a bit more special than another World Cup or any other races because Nico has won so many, and then Rainbow Jersey. There's so many like prestige around a title that makes it a little bit stand out from any other victories. So I've, I have this this fire in me that's a little bit more intense when I, I race sports and you're with your country you know there's a little bit of things involved different and uh i took a long time to win a world cup like it took me over three years in elite and i was making it like an obsession and at the end of the day world championship was always like something unreachable because it was so hard you know it was so like difficult that when i won my first one i wasn't really expecting it or anything and when I won it, before I won my my first World Cup, I would totally like decompress about World Championships and make it like something reachable, something that I've achieved anyways, and now it's going to be all bonuses and stuff. So when I was at the start of every other World Championships after that, I was just so relaxed because everybody else felt like they were desperate to get it. Even the ones that were World Champions before, they felt like they, I could feel a certain urgency and like... <laughs> panic almost and I was just like here yeah. like kind of enjoying myself and just having it as a, seeing it as a bonus yeah, and seeing it as a as something more prestigious and more <laughs> meaningful so I would just like enjoy it and then for example in the year after I won my first sports championships I had a flat tire so I couldn't really compete I was devastated but I was going to do well. Like I felt so good on the track. And uh, the year after that, I won in, I think it was Cairns. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I won it so bad every time. Like World Championships, because it is special, because I, I like myself to stand out just as the Rainbow Jersey does. I want it more than the other guys. And sometimes also it comes like last year. And that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. Like last year in that's Fort really William. That's really saying something. Fort William, like there's always like a cool story about it. Like Fort William this year, I've never been good. I got hurt last year. I had so much, so much redemption on the line. Like it's a super nice motivation for preparation, training and stuff. And you show up there and you're like the best you've ever been. And last year in Leger, it was France 18 years after like the biggest race, blah, blah, blah. And then we go back on this hill and I was like, I'm going to get it. And then boom, you know, like things like this makes me, movies in my head really. Just make me... Yeah. They step you up, yeah. And for people listening who don't know, the World Championship is the biggest prize in downhill. I mean, it's a little bit arguable mm. because it's one race on one day and it's one run. And, you know, you nail that one run. It can be two minutes, it can be five minutes. You are world champion. The World Cup series is, you know, like, like, like F1 series or something. And at the end of the series, there's a World Cup winner. But as you said, world champion does hold more... Gravitas, it is the bigger title. You've won, I believe, eight World Cups. You've won five downhill world championships, which is nuts to me. 
what's harder for you to win? A world championship or a world cup? Because the format and the people you were racing against are very much the same. I know. I think I think it stays harder to win a world championships because it is uh the one everybody wants. Like sometimes in the season, because of the overall context, some guys will be a little bit less uh taking risk because they are more in management of the points. Yeah. While there's no holding off at Waltz, everybody just goes for it, so it's a little bit harder. But at the same time, because no one holds off anything and make most of, most of it, a lot of mistakes are made. Then you can also capitalize yeah. on being a little bit smarter. And I remember a video from Lenza Heide the day of the race in the morning. I think it was almost, I think it was Rob Parking who made the video of his brother. And he was filming like the guys and saying one word that described the uh, World Championships in Lenzaide. And everybody was like, so exciting, sick, can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, ready. And you're like, just sometimes <laughs> to just to, to just tone it down a bit, also like make a little difference because you actually do just enough and not too much. And in downhill, the stat spot is about balancing that little edge because sometimes you do too much and you end up going slower or making mistakes so it is hard. yeah man i Fascinating. i want to talk to you about like you hit a couple of things one is the risk aspect i think from the outside a lot of people think these guys are just hurling themselves down the hill you talked about people kind of pushing themselves a little bit more and i rob and i were talking about it before like one of the things i think about a downhill run or a world cup race run or world championship race run is you really should only be able to do it one time. Right. If you can do it twice, it means that you weren't quite at the level, right? Or if you go over, you've crashed. Yeah. So talk to me about risk in downhill. Like, is it just about closing your eyes and, you know, turning off your brain or? No, and that's why this year I was a bit struggling with the new format because we had two race runs in one day. So the risk management was really hard to, to adjust. And um, we don't... Most of us, because some are a little bit more crazy than us, than me, but most of us are really calculated and could repeat the same run, maybe like within two seconds, but could repeat the same run at, at a really high pace because we are so prepared for it. Like we have people on the track that help us picking the best lines. We have people on the track filming us and at the pit, helping us setting the bike. So we have pretty much everything ready. And if you're a smart athlete, sometimes it's easy to be smart. Sometimes it's easy to get out of the nice road. But if you're smart, you're going to push as much as what you have in, in the tank. So if you have everything dialed, you feel fresh, you, know, you push a lot. And it's, it's not dangerous because you're just going to do what you can. If you're not so smart, in the contrary, you're going to give more than what you have. And then it starts to be loose. And that's why sometimes... It's hard to be consistent because you, you lose that intelligence because you're, you have pressure, you have stress, and then you're just like, ah, and then you start making mistakes. Like me in snowshoe <laughs> this year, I, I broke my chin ring, and I knew I, I had to make up time because at the bottom there was a big pedaling. And then I was cooked, physically done, and I just kept on pushing and just went this close to the tree and just like, wah, ended up touching it and crashing because I wasn't smart on that moment, you know, I was just like, and it's really, right. the risk is really fine, but it's, if you're good and prepared and smart, you shouldn't get injured too much. 
and and you prove that and how hard is it for you to like you say we know it as well as racers right like for downhill for me it was a matter of getting hurt building up again over a few races there's not many races in a year trying to get back to that level maybe having a result or two where i was i don't know doing as good as i'm going to do maybe a top 10 and then of course I'd, the cycle had started again the confidence would come i'd have another big crash <laughs> but you, you know and start all over again really and that's a that's actually the way a lot of riders yeah that is do it true, with huh? varied successes yeah. amory of course your big french rival i mean he is someone I would say that takes massive risks, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it, but he ain't been world champion. How do you manage riders like him that you know will take more risk than you on a world's run, say? How do you how do you deal with that? How do you, I don't know how you find the confidence just to ride your own race, perhaps? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Some riders are really dangerous when they are putting it all together, like Amori. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, almost Jackson. unstoppable, right? Yeah, yeah. like same. Yeah. Like on a good day, when you see Amoris run on a confident day and stuff, you cannot imagine someone going faster. So it is yeah. hard, and um, I will adapt also on their state, like their fitness, for example. Like in a oh, wait, what does that mean? Like yeah. go into that a little bit more. Like well, so uh, there's so many things implicated into the races. Uh, as for example, mental games, a little bit, and does that context... go on? Even do people even do that with you? Do people even try yeah. playing games with your? Yeah, like, like yeah. what? You, what happens? Yeah, like like holding off so many, like holding off informations or pretending to be not so not so confident, pretending to have yeah. a day. You know, like little things. <laughs> Yeah, we've he, all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I think, Rob, in your time, it was way more a thing than now. Like, <laughs> yeah, the mental game. Yeah, it was. We were less professional, quite yeah. honestly. No, you and know, people, people the, were more what? sneaky, to be, to be fair. It yeah, seemed like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, now you cannot yeah. you cannot hide as much because everybody sees everything. There's so much people on the track and stuff, so it's it's harder. Yeah. But, for example, Amory is super, is super sneaky. Like, he's really, I love him and stuff, and he's a good friend, but sometimes he's... French record it is playing the intoxication. So he's trying <laughs> he's saying some it. stuff to make you believe that he's either like really good while he's not or the opposite. So I'm yeah, trying sometimes yeah, yeah. to judge and sometimes I know that I cannot beat him. Sometimes I just mm-hmm. and because either it's a fact and it's true or he won't that mental game with me. But sometimes right. he yeah. will he will ride a weekend where I, have, I don't stand a chance and I know it. So I just ride my best. But when I'm sitting at the bottom waiting for him, I'm like expecting him to beat me, you know? So it's hard to manage. And, you, and, and does he usually beat you when you think he's going to beat you? Is it like that? Or do you quite yeah. often surprise yourself saying you beat him? No, because if if I expect him, if I'm expecting him to beat me, it means that I'm not at my best. Otherwise, I don't even right. listen to anyone. Then I'm yeah. riding not at a crazy level and then He's obviously sometimes like unbeatable. So, yeah, if uh, if I expecting him to beat me, he's gonna beat me. It's interesting because it's not like you guys are racing on the track at the same time, and so y- you would say it's almost like, well, Loic, can't you just put on blinders, you know, and and just I go wish. through the weekend? <laughs> Might be easier, right? And like. It's it's so funny that there is it, it shows how difficult the mental game is. And one of the things I think that's interesting this year 
you mentioned Jack, Jackson Goldstone, who is first year elite. He, you know, won a World Cup, got a bunch of podiums. What do you think about the younger riders? Like, does that mental game get played? Are they mature enough to do that? No, um, I don't think that it can. That dumb. No, uh uh-uh. uh. No, no, uh-uh. no. It They're... does look like Jackson don't think about it that much from where I'm sat, to be honest. That's how it looks. No, for sure. They they come with a different approach again. Him and Jordan, I'd say, mate, come up mm-hmm. from the originals like, with an insane level and pace. And they don't really have doubts, like to be fair. Like they come up, everybody is hyped on them, blah, blah. And they surf the wave so well, you know. And Jackson has been impressive. Like my, my teammate was a bit more inconsistent, but still impressive. Yeah. And Jackson was like so on it every race. So I and think. sick. Yeah. With an appendix for most of the summer, which was yeah. pretty mad, really, to see how well he was doing when he was that. True. You know, he was hurting. Yeah. No. Yeah. True. And. Like I have my my um, theory on this because he missed uh, like world champs, and while we all had to prepare for world champs, come back from world champs, all right, he was resting. Sure. Even though he was coming back yeah, from injury, yeah, yeah. so at the end of the season he was kind of going yeah. for it. We were all like Ugh, trying to stay above yeah. the surface, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he he and uh, the other juniors or the young guys have this uh, nonchalance a little bit. When they just go for it, ride the talent. They don't train the best at all. They don't have experience, but they just have so much talent that they're impressive and they are so good. So it's really frustrating for someone like me who's been talented, but not not at all as much as them and had to work so hard to get where I am while they come up straight straight away first year wins, which have so much success. So I'm trying to... It is impressive because it's not getting any easier. And like you say, we Um, don't often see... It's not all every year that juniors come up and win, is it? Yeah. No, like, for like, sure. Like it's so rare. And so I'm trying to look at what they're doing, maybe get inspi- inspired from some of their things. But at the end of the day, it comes from talent. And they've had, they've had it since they're like five, eight, ten years old. They've been so right. good. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes it is sad because you know you will never be as talented. So it is what it is. Uh, you've got five world championships. <laughs> There's some talent there. I wanted to ask you, you said to me at one, I can't remember if it was last year or year before, but after one of your wins, you said to me that you can only get in a, in that mental state, like where you almost, I guess it felt like you knew that you would win for a change, like a couple of times a year. What did you mean by that? Is it is it to do with the race? Like if you've got a world championship coming up, are the braces, the World Cups before that, are you already leading up to say that world championships and I'm talking in preparing yourself mentally because that's what it sounded like yeah sometimes you have this flow zone or whatever they call it where you feel so good everything is in balance and any other stress from outside wouldn't come and disturb you so you're like gonna do your best but not your best of the day like your best of the best you know and you don't even see it coming or anything and that's like it comes from a lot of work and pieces you put in motion around that when it comes to the race day, it kind of all clicks. And it's so hard to do and so unpredictable. Like sometimes there's a way to build, but it's never going to work again. You know, like that same way, exact same. So you have to always ad- adapt. And then maybe one day, like, I don't know, your cat will die. And then, you know, like little things will come and disturb too much, that thing. So you have to readapt the... Uh, all of that, really, that 
stage that you build for yourself. And some, like this year, for example, in uh, Snowshoe, I felt that. Like, I felt that I was unbeatable. I was like... Yeah, it was Snowshoe. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, you did. You said it there. That's right. Yeah, it but, was, yeah. Yeah, but this year, I was like so good there. I felt good. The weather was good. It was hauling off. It was dry, blah, blah. But then once I won the qualifying or the semifinals with 2.5 seconds, I was like, fuck, what do I do with that now? I'm like, I still have to do one run, the most important one. I have a big margin. And then I, I suddenly, all of that thing in motion were not that stable and everything fell off. And I was like, oh, fuck, I think I'm tired. I think, well, I don't know if I can do that again. And then suddenly, the doubt crept in. Yeah, so the flow zone also is not like, all day like i had it until semi-finals and then suddenly i just lost it and i no, it was why? right i was in the start gate i felt good but i was like not confident at all anymore and then i hit my chilling eyes like everything that's mad. yeah and I, that's mad that you fell out after that do you wish that you had the mindset of, of jackson goldstone because it's yeah. you know it'd probably be less stressful right yeah for sure like he doesn't really <laughs> oh it seems like he doesn't doubt so much you know it just goes for it it yeah. trusts himself and it just with the flow way more than i do and yeah i wish so but many that things might change that might change as well though bruni i mean as a first year elite rider they didn't him, him and jordan they didn't have anything to lose there wasn't any expectation on the weight of expectation is massive on your shoulders as a you know was the world number one really you know what i mean it's different yeah. it is different and that might come to them do you think yeah i think it will it will come like a time where it will be harder for them because they will have injuries they will have like things that come in the way like for example jordan won his first world cup straight up and then after that <laughs> first world cup wow. at the first world that cup. was impressive <laughs> that was like i was like i could not believe i was the last guy down the hill and he beat me and i was like <laughs> i was like oh my God. everybody show up screaming everybody hands. please i need to process <laughs> this yeah and, and he after that he took everything at once and he couldn't like soak it yeah. all up and he just all of the season no. after that, it was never the same. So he was good. He Lowe was like fast, but it was never the same. So yeah. Yeah. Can you, as we're talking about this, the, the question that comes to my mind is like, can you remember the best run of your life? And then maybe what was another one that was like the worst, like maybe highest and lowest ones. Like, is there a run that was just, that was the run of my life? And was there one where you're like, man, that was the lowest point of, of my career? Well, like it's hard to go so far in time. I feel like I have my, they're pretty fresh memory wise. I think one of my best runs was Worlds in Leger. Like even though I did that mistake in the first turn, after yeah. that I felt pretty much pitch perfect management, uh, like tiredness management at the bottom. Like I was just like doing everything, even in my plans, I didn't do it so well, you know? So I was like, Right? Really, really satisfied with it. Hit the last jumps perfect while everybody was a little bit yeah. pacing them and losing some pace. That was like one of my best moments on my bike. I was like, and also I really, I was aware of the the stake and the people and I was aware on the side of the track, like this, the atmosphere and the craziness of the spectators. I was like, like taking all of it, you know, and I was so, I was really enjoying the moment and living it. So that was like so intense. And that was Leger in, in France, World Championships, like tens of, like 100,000 people there, French yeah, was, fans screaming your name. Packed. 
<laughs> but for example, this this moment, like I've had it one or twice in my whole career. You know, like I can get right. good, but like you said before, Rob, like those moments where you're really good, it's not it's not often often you do it per year, but through a career, there is like only a few times, like an handful of times where you actually could not believe it, how good it was, how good you were yeah. at yourself. And on the contrary, one one of my last uh, last season run, so my finals in Val d'Isol was suffering. Like I didn't, I crashed in Quali's semifinals and it got rain just before my finals run. So I had no confidence, right. a slippery track. And I was Horrible. just suffering. Like it's super dangerous, really rough. Physically, I was barely holding on. Like I didn't have fun at all. And then I did like, 14 things so or like eight seconds from Jackson. So it was like, wow, like really bad, right. really, really bad. So it doesn't have to be to come with a crash or whatever, but just like the build up and just like some events, you know, sometimes you're just swimming against the stream and you just can't get out of it. And that was it. Yeah. And Loic, I mean, if we, if we go back to the beginning why downhill in the first place like how did you, i know your dad was a big downhill I, racer let's not mention his dad's and uh and world titles although this interview is going to end quite quickly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but, uh, why did you start did you did you think about doing a different different discipline or like yeah tell us a bit of the origin yeah so i was a really lazy kid to be fair like i was a bit chubby i was like uh I don't want, I hated suffering, you know, like my dad would come to cross country races. I was hating him. I was like crying in the start line, like thing like this. You know? no, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would be last, like I would be so bad. Like, but at the same time, I would go sometime in summer to some downhill races where I was having a lot of fun. And then it just made sense. Like biking wise, I was good at it and I enjoyed it a lot. And all of my friends that I was getting along the best with were liking downhill too. Because I was doing cross country, BMX, downhill, like I was doing some skiing, like I was doing some shit, and then but everything that I loved the most was around downhill. And at the end of the day, I really liked, like when I was starting to watch videos, I really liked like Blinky, Sam Hill, like all those guys. I wanted to be like them, so I just like followed their example and models, and I really tried my best to at some point stop being lazy start do some road bikes, start do some doing some training and try to start getting strong. And then at some point I could feel like it was actually beneficial. So I just kept on going this way. And my team really, I think my team pushed me to be really professional. I was never going to be like this if I wasn't with them, with that crew specific one. So I think it was good for me to meet people that really were professional and disciplined. If you hadn't met the people you'd met, do you think you'd have won the five titles that you have won then? Nah, for sure not. That's what I mean. It's so important for me, like those people, what they've brought me, what they uh, taught me and stuff. It's so important. And I, I was something, I think a lot about this moment in my career, my young career didn't even start when I had the choice between M uh, MF, what was it? My, uh, MS Mondraker? Yeah, no, it was Mondraker, but it was not M oh, uh, MS. Evil, evil. It was MFT. It was like Mondrika oh, Factory Team. And it was Barrel's team. Ah, ah sure. You remember? Yeah, yeah. okay. He was with yeah, Spagnolo yeah, yeah, and yeah. Flo Payet. Uh -huh. And I tried the bike. Yeah, yeah. Spagnola. He was so fast. Yeah. yeah. And, and Fabian was like, come 
ride with us, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, it sounds good. But then Laurent, who had Blinky yeah, in the you're... team, was like, do you want to try the bike? The bike was a piece of shit. You know, I was like, not good. But <laughs> no. I, I didn't care. Blinky was in the team. So I was like, let's go with Blinky. It's a... And that was one of my best decisions I made in my career because I took the way uh, of being more open with people, more international. I was going to be like more speaking more English and to more people, yeah. like being a little bit more accepted sure. as a French guy because at the time, Frenchies were hated. Everybody, hey, Rob, <laughs> you hated all of us. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. There's been a strong rivalry yeah, between rivalry. my country and yours as That's... far as history ever goes back. And the reason that, and the reason I think that French have such a bad name, in all honesty, is down to Nico Vuillo and those seven world titles and how many, I don't know, how many World Cups did he win? 16? You know, really? the dude was absolutely un beatable in my era everyone we all hated him we didn't hate him but we hated him you know what i mean he was, i loved losing him. to him i respected him he was amazing we hated losing to him everyone <laughs> you know i remember in vale one year he was so far at the off and then by the he rode this the last few turns into the finish in 2011 i think it was I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it. And he won again. And I was like, yeah, this is Nicole Fuyo, man. Look at him. That's He's so wild. And I was going to ask you as well, what is it about the region where you are today, right? I know you've moved, your, your mum and dad's, they've moved from Kanye Samur. But the Kanye Samur Bike Club, it had in it you, Loris Vergier, who he is, a, he is a lifelong friend, right? You grew up with Loris. Burrell, two-time world champions from there somewhere. Vuyo, seven-time world champion oh. from there as well, right? De Prella there, is he down yeah. that region as well yeah, yeah. or not? Yeah, yeah so all well. you guys come from, yeah, they come from the south coast, this this rather posh part of France. <laughs> <laughs> down you love, only. You love it here, <laughs> yeah. man. I love it here, man. Yeah, it's uh, hard to explain. I think there's just like history and legacy that they those guys have left behind. and Yeah. And they... They tried to, to, like, they were super nice to us when we were young. And that was like, actually so helpful, I think. Nico was. Yeah, and Barrel, especially Barrel. Barrel is always, mm. has always liked to share a lot. Even Good though, community, huh? Even though I think he never shared with his competitors and rivals, with the kids and stuff. No, it's it was, interesting. Yeah. It actually was so nice. Compatriots, huh? He, right. Yeah, he, he was... I'm amazed, actually. Like, it's, I'm surprised to hear you say that because Burrell is a competitor and he never gave anything away. So I'm totally. surprised to hear you say that about him, that nah, he helped you more than anyone yeah. else. That's that's cool. That's he nice. He was amazing, yeah. I think, not only yeah. to me, but most of us. And the riding here suck. That's why we're good. Like, the riding <laughs> is shit. Like, we have so many rods. Cap Dye is not shit. <laughs> Cap Dye is not a shit track. Nico's track is insane. Is it not good? I loved it. I spent my life really? up there. Well, we we all hate it. Like we don't like all the rocks. <laughs> it's not fun, you know. But at at least when we are able to ride fast on these tracks, other tracks are almost easy because it's so clean and yeah, right. so it's really it's like a tough education, let's say. But it's good for us. So I think that's also help helps. Loic, um, you talked about like getting with your team early. You talked about uh, Laurent, your team manager, team owner. What advice? Would you give a young, you know, a lo young Loic, a, a young rider, to make sure that they pick the right position for themselves? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think if I would go back to my like 15, 16 years old myself, in me, I would tell 
myself to just keep on uh, believing your gut because it's always my gut and not my my heart and my gut will always like lead me towards things that sometimes reasons or other issues will take you away from but I always like now sometimes I regret some choices that I didn't follow my gut to mm. do you and yeah yeah with girls with everything you know and um, with life yeah it, with is life. A, it is a life decision like it, yeah. it's so it's it's so important it, yeah. it's not really logic doesn't really do it for you you can it's not about having the biggest team or the most no. money like it's such a gut feeling and sometimes yeah like like exactly the money like my team at some point i was really mad at my manager i was like i'm not making enough money like look at this guy this guy and he was like i understand but look at how safe your environment is your mechanic is one of the best so he costs a lot of money if we are hiring a coach to come on the tracks, so that costs a lot of money. You know, it's like a yeah. whole setup. It's not only me taking money and making the most of it. It's like me making sure it's reliable and like on the long run, going to be going to work. And Laurent has always built this around me on the long run. And he's so good at this because he will do things a way that he knew would work instead of looking, oh, this year I'm making 50K more or less, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's super lucky that this guy was helping me otherwise i think i would have been like all over the place like some writers are sometimes like i love him and i hope he will never listen to this but loris sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like what the fuck dude like he so he left our team because he was my teammate and i was like a really good time. yeah at some point yeah. he wanted to do his own thing which was fully respectable but then at the end of the day he would not stay so long and then move and then remove and then remove and it's it works because he's still like at the top of the spot, but I think it would have been even better if we would have sticked to one and just like uh, kept on just being with the same people around him. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The way that your paths, have, your, your career paths, have been quite different, actually. And yeah, you know, different. We know how we fast, are different people. We know how fast Loris can be, right? Yeah, That's yeah, we are. Sure. We are so different when it comes to a lot of things, but we are thinking the same way so it's really interesting and my young self like also always wanted to be like other guys i always looked up and wanted to be like them while in the end sometimes i just had to be myself to be the to be better you know and now i feel like i'm i'm feeling good like i'm i don't care like if i go to hardline i'm not gonna party as hard or like you announce it night. on this podcast that you're going to be in Tasmania. <laughs> Should we just do it now? Are you coming or what? We'll see. <laughs> but you know, like... <laughs> hey, right, we'll move on. One thing I want to ask you before we wrap things up, Louis, is, you know, you are incredibly aware and respectful of, of the records in the sport. And, you know, Nico Vuyo is the greatest. He is French. He's had seven elite world titles, as we've said. You're on five. How important is it to you to chase that record, to get that record, if you can. Because unbelievably, I never thought I would sit here and, and say this to someone that you might get that Volio's record. I thought it was out of reach. And after you, I don't know if you agree with me. I don't know, when you think about Jackson, maybe, but I can't see anyone ever getting near seven world championships again in the modern era of the sport. Yeah, I think... What do you think? I think it's always possible. Records, I think, they were always made to be broken, like promises. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a heartbreaker, isn't it? Eh? It's a heartbreaker. Yeah, I'm just a romantic guy. I'm sensible. Yeah, yeah, Leave yeah. me alone. Fr- the Frenchman's coming Lowick, out. Of him. You actually have never met like a more like romantic guy than Loic. <laughs> no, no, no. I think there's, there's more than me, but I think I think Nico's record is enriched. It's not undoable. For you, for yeah, you, for, for you. For me, for me. It's going to be really hard. And I think yeah. behind me, some guys will come and then get five, six, seven, two, like, well, titles. Yeah, I do believe it because, um, like, we see sometimes there is, like, eras. There was the Furios era, Sam Hill era, on Green era. Maybe now it was a bit more of the Frenchie era. It was not only me, mm-hmm. but, like, the Frenchies were kind of dominating. And yeah, now it starts... Right. It yep. starts to change a bit. Like, not saying that we're not winning anymore, but there's like Canadians, English guys coming. I think we're heading in a British era again, <laughs> don't you? You know, world champion, first World Cup last year. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I the British have a big legacy in the spot. Not from you, but yeah, from P- other guys. We did yeah. have a PT era, didn't we? We yeah. did. It's true. Steve, did you not hear yeah, what I just said? Yeah. There was so many. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, say he wasn't it again. Listening. I, was, I, I, was, I said listening British have a big legacy, but it's not coming from you. Oh, oh but that was God. a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. World Cup winner, Bruni. Oh my God, how disrespectful. Nah, you, you I guess it goes beyond UK. It goes in the world, man. For sure. Uh, That's what I mean. I was much better as a commentator than a racer. I would, I would definitely square up. Loic, yeah. to to wrap things up, what um, what what does the off season look like? What does before next year look like? What are you looking forward to? Well, to be honest, I'm struggling to have a, to make a plan at the moment, but um, I'm gonna go to specialize and some new things we have some new Orleans uh, stuff to try also more in Spain more buttons on the handlebars more buttons yeah and it's all going to be connected to a to a brain thing so it's going to read my brain and we're not even need to it's going to think buttons. lock out those forks and oh my god look how fast he's going <laughs> so yeah some little testing there and there and for sure like just uh, enjoying home a little bit because that's something I don't I, we didn't get to do much this year so no. Enjoy some home time and uh, yeah, try to be better. We talked yesterday actually with my mechanic and my coach about what we had to improve, and there's so many things. I was like, hey, come on, I'm not that bad, you know? Like, but, yeah. Wait, give us one. Give us one. Uh, weight loss. That is <laughs> Wait, on you or the bike? On me. <laughs> I had really? to lose five kilos, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wait. Okay. We we had a little. I. This is interesting. Actually, we had a um. We had a little fun question to make the perfect downhill rider. What? Like, if you could pick, let's say, let's say legs, like as in pedaling, arms, like strength or whatever, uh, brain. Who's got the best mindset? Um, Robwana. The brain. <laughs> no. Let's just go with those three. No. Let's go with those three. Louis Bruni's got the best brain. We'll say like legs for pedaling. We'll say like strength, like, and then we'll say we'll say brain. What would you? Who who would be? Uh, who would you combine? Yeah, right? who would to you make combine? The ultimate ride. Yeah. Um, legs of Mikana. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Super strong. Yeah. Arms of Amory Piron. Super yeah, strong. Yeah, fair. Endurance. He hammers. Uh huh. And brain of maybe that's a hard one. Maybe finals. Maybe finals. Really? Yeah. 
I was gonna say oh. you or Aaron. Really? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Thank you, but uh, yeah, why I think Finn? S- I think Finn has. I've never seen anyone so confident, and sometimes it's taking yeah, him out of what? so many situations where I would sink, and he doesn't. So is that right? Huh? Yeah, he's good. He's really good. And it, it's still mad, isn't it, to hear you with all your success, like that you you absolutely learn. Yeah. Steal off everyone around yeah. you, right? Yeah, off yeah, the it's... youngsters, the older ones. You don't matter. You 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 pick up whatever you can, wherever you can. Yeah. For sure. And that's, I think, something you have to do if you want to survive. Like, ask Greg. Greg is, what, 14 years older than me. He had, he was one of the, like, the most. 14 years older than you, isn't he? <laughs> 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 like, he's been, he's been so good at adapting and overcoming the, all the things coming at him, you know? Yeah. It's hard to believe there'll ever be another Greg Minar in it. That's 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 for sure. Right? That record will never be broken. The oldest and world champion because he is he is yeah oldest world champion and what most winning World Cup downhill racer of all time. Twenty two World Cup forty forty one now. Yeah, I think he won when he was forty one. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's yeah, insane. That's insane. Right. That yeah, and and we are getting towards the end of the interview, but you know, like <laughs> Minar, what? How would you describe him? There's not many sportsmen like him in any sport on earth, is there? He is actually unbelievable, right? I think every sport has a little bit like Kelly Slater, like some massive figures. Yeah. And for sure, Greg to downhill is like like uh, the name that comes with it, the face that comes with it because it's like a poster boy. It's so perfect, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, is the strongest guy all including you know like not only like yeah. muscle and stuff but like image wise mental decisions and mental games everything uh yeah, strength, determination everything. Yeah, like, yeah like yeah. motivation like he's so good and i will i could bet a lot of money that no one will ever beat his records at least on the world championships yeah. age for sure yeah 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 so sure. so Lovic. he's one of a kind yeah sorry no, look. This I want to keep talking super, to you guys. You're fun. Cool. <laughs> I know it's great fun, man. I know we're like we can chat. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. Thank you so much for coming on. Can't wait to see you next year. Can't wait to see you win some more World Cups and more World Championships. Oh, get that Thank seven, you. mate. Yeah, I really, I yeah. you know, I've been around the sport forever, and to see you this close, and actually, I'd love it to be a Frenchman that got that record of all yours. Oh, Nothing would be more fit. Thank and you, I brother. To, it's true, man. It's true. Are you? You, I'd love to see you get that record. I would. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're I one think... of a kind, mate. Ah, thank and you. And it's always very enlightening to speak to you because yep. you are, you are just so intelligent the way you approach downhill racing. That's true. true. It's true. I call you. I used to call you the professor, and that's what Ooh, you are. Yeah. You're incredible. Thank yeah. you, boys. <laughs> but I would right, like. To, I would... Too many nice. <laughs> that was so nice, man. Oh my god. You're <laughs> again. Yeah, I'm bit awkward. yeah, we gotta bon end voyage, it now. Bon yeah, yeah. yeah, don't clip that. Let's cut that out. Let's cut that out. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate. It. And I miss you. <laughs> miss you too, though. Yeah, man. <laughs> See bye, you bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. I love it. <laughs> Rob, that was insane. That that's going to take me a few day, a few moments, hours, days to process. There's so much info in there, but that's what you get with Luke, and it's, uh, yeah. it's amazing because he does somehow manage to let you inside his winning mind. You get yeah. to see 
or at least feel like you see how he does it. You know what I mean? I think that's exactly like it's rare to have. It's like three ingredients. There's like the ability to do it, the ability to articulate it, and then the like vulnerability to actually, like you said, let yeah. people in. And yeah. I think Loic is probably one of the only people in the world that I've ever talked to that can so clearly take you into the mind of a world champion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's openness, really, it's honesty, Uh you know. I don't know if that's perhaps why he's so successful. Yeah. Sure, but definitely speaking to him, you can totally, now you know why he's a five world, right. five world champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. science to how he totally. goes about his downhill racing. Yeah. You know, for him to say, it's actually not that dangerous because, but but you know, as a racer yourself, that actually people listening will go, well, that's ridiculous to right. say that, but it's not yeah. because because totally. we know what we're doing, uh-huh. not, not as well as Louis. <laughs> But to a level, everyone knows what they're doing. Well, you know? I, so for a, a, a pro rider, you're riding. I remember I went to New Zealand one year and I, I did like 200 runs in, in like a little over a month. Wow. And so to be able to do as much volume as you do as a pro rider and not get hurt yeah. means that you have a really good idea, like Loic said, of like where the risk is. And you think of an amateur, maybe they ride once every two weeks yeah. and they get hurt. Yeah. Maybe crash yeah. once every two weeks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they are actually, you would say, more at the limit than a lot of the pro riders yeah, are. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until until you get to a world championship and Loic is like, great, now I'm going to try to find that limit. That's right. And, you know, to me as a massive, and you, as a massive, as massive downhill fan, yeah. to hear him saying that he might, he thinks that he could get to seven to equal, yeah. you know, the, the most winning uh-huh. world champion of all times, Nico Vuyo, seven times elite. Yeah. That, you know, and as we said, the advantage is gone that Nico yeah. would have had. He had a data bike back in the day. We had one at Giant, it didn't work, uh-huh. but he had uh-huh. one that worked and he was scientific and he was fit and he, he did it right when most other people didn't. Totally. Those advantages for Bruni are gone. So to me, you know, everyone's fit. Everyone's on a good bike, as he said. It, it is more impressive now. It yeah. really is. We know the level now, and it's yeah. insane to find any, yes, any totally. time on everyone else. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I, I love, like, at a high level in sport, you hear you hear the mind games that are being played. You know, like, a little look. Just It's not like, you know, Loic and, and Emery are talking to each other all the time, right? Like, the things that he's talking about are, maybe five, 10 words over the course of a weekend. That's Look, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, it's, it's so, so subtle wild. that you have to, you question yourself if that was something or not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's funny. And, and he's, um, I remember he talked about a couple of runs in snowshoe. There was one where you, the camera was on him in the starting gate and he went on to do one of those crazy look runs. He had to win and he won. And I asked him afterward, like, what did you, what were you? What did you do? What did your mechanic say to you? And he said, "Oh, he just said, enjoy it and and live in this moment." And he was he said, "I normally don't let the crowd in in that moment, but he was like, I let it in, I felt it." And you heard him kind of talking about that before, like when he's at that level and using every little advantage he can get, like who can beat him? And somehow, yeah, like you say, all that, all that actually just translate into him riding a bicycle faster. Yeah, I know, I know. You know what I mean? I All those variables on a downhill run, rocks flying, I don't know. There's so many things there going go. on. Yet he has won five world titles <laughs> on a day when everyone throws everything they have at it, when all the risk in the world can be used. Totally. You know, you know yep. it's impressive. So, and, 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 and to chat to him, 
as ever, as enlightening as ever. Totally. There's not really, there's not many people I like interviewing or chatting to much more than Luke. It's he so is true. brilliant. He is a brilliant, brilliant dude. It's true. Man, we could talk about him all day. We could. But um, I just want to remind everyone that if you want to get in touch with us, let us know what parts of the podcast you like. Let us know what guests you want, any sort of feedback. Hit us up, podcast at redbull.com or on our socials. And we're running out now. This is 11 of 12, but there is a podcast today. And then in two weeks' time, every yep. other Tuesday, we have yep. one coming out. You can find them wherever you listen to your podcast. And also, if you want to look at us, on, we're on Red Bull TV and redbull.com. So, yeah, no, no excuses not to find us. That's true. And just to let everyone know, I do another podcast with Tule. We're interviewing a bunch of ambassadors. We have a bunch of Red Bull athletes on there. We just did Emilio Hansen, which did is you? super cool. I'm so gonna give that one a go. Yeah. That might be the fourth podcast I've ever listened uh -huh, to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's super cool. So uh, you can always get your podcast fix with us. And uh, until next time, we will see you soon. Can't wait for it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.